It's our mock draft episode. We talk about snake drafting methodology, tips, and tricks, followed by the Roto Baller Industry Mock Draft. Ray Murphy of Baseball HQ drafts against us next on Beat the Shift. Welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen, and with me as always is Ruben Guy. How are you, Ruben? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. We've got a wonderful show for you planned today. A little bit different from our normal pace. It's going to be a mock draft, uh, just to show you what uh, we're thinking uh, as we draft here. And to help us also, who's in this draft as well, Ray Murphy. Welcome to the show, Ray. Hey, guys. Nice to talk to you this evening. Likewise. Likewise. Uh, yeah, Ray Murphy from Baseball HQ just had a fantastic first pitch Florida online. I was a part of that, and thank you very much for having me. Fantastic job, Ray, on that. Thanks. It came together probably about as well as we could have hoped. There's nothing like the, uh, like the live events, of course, but uh, you know there were a remarkable amount of people showing a remarkable amount of patience and spending a remarkable amount of hours in front of Zoom last weekend. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, kudos to everybody involved. Absolutely. So um, we've got about 15 minutes before our draft gets started. This is the Roto-Bowler Industry Mock Draft. Thank you to the guys at Roto-Bowler for setting it up and inviting us to it. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about just general snake draft strategy as we go. Um, Ray, let's start with you. Do you have a general strategy in mind? Do you have anything you do top of the draft, middle of the draft? I'm just going to leave it wide open for you to, to just, just talk. I have preferences or sort of default positions that depending on where I fall in the draft in terms of the draft order, you know, how the draft unfolds, how my build goes, I, you know, I sort of, sort of have a bunch of things that I expect to have happen or that I expect to try to do until I'm forced to pivot or change strategies. I, you know, one thing that's been sort of interesting to me in my, uh, my draft this year that actually holds true in this mock tonight is that I have been, at the ends of the snake in just about every draft I've been in. I've had picks one and two and 13 and 14 and 15 in probably a total of like nine out of 10 drafts this year. And in TGFBI last week, I got nine, which is the closest I've been to anything resembling the middle. But other than that, I've been playing an awful lot from the ends, which as you know, sort of dictates some strategy, you know, especially this year at the back of the snake, like I am in this 12 teamer tonight. You know, you're, you force yourself down a couple of paths pretty quickly, depending on what, on what you're doing at the one-two turn. Right. Ruvain, how about you? Uh, what is your general snake draft method and strategy? Well, it also, like, just like Ray said, it depends where you fall in, in the starting of the draft. I like to get one of those big pitchers very early and also try to get some steals in the, one of the first two rounds also. So whatever's available when it comes to you, um, if you can get one of those top guys, you're lucky enough to have any picks like one through four, that's fine. But I'm even willing to go a starting pitcher at number three or number four, like DeGrom, because DeGrom pitched tonight. He faced nine batters, seven strikeouts, and hit 102 on the radar gun. So I think he's already in midseason form, and I have no problem taking him at first pick in, uh, with, with my first pick in the first round if it's like, let's say, three or four or something like that. Yeah. Um, but before I get to my uh, general strategy and stuff, in terms of KDS, you mentioned, Ray, that you've been on the, uh, on the uh, wheels, uh, the 1-2 uh, and the uh, 13, 14, 15 down there. 
Um, I very much prefer the middle, especially this year in drafts. Do you have the same uh, uh, thinking as me? Yeah, I think my if you let me have my choice of the of any draft slot, I would probably be looking at something like three, four, five, six this year, probably like the early middle, if you will. Um, I really like those top five hitters. I'm comfortable with all of them, but I would, you know, I, I don't have such a difference between them that I am obsessed with getting Tatis and Acuna or whoever goes one and two. I'm content to, you know, take the, you know, quote unquote remains of that top tier of batters and then, uh, you know, have a slightly earlier pick in round two and round three and get get off of the, of the, uh, you know, the first pick wheel a little bit and uh, move a little bit into the middle, but take that, you know, pick, you know, in a 15-teamer pick like 26 instead of 30, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Well, I'll give you a couple of different uh, strategy points and methods that I do. Um, First of all, um, my general method is uh, replacement-level drafting. Um, I look at the different uh, positions and – I zone in on where the biggest drops are. If I see that there's a shortstop available and he is a much bigger value than the next shortstop right after that or a couple down, that signals to me that if you don't grab that shortstop, um, he won't be there uh, when he gets there and you're going to lose a lot of value. But if there's some outfielders and they're only about a dollar or two auction-wise apart – um, I might be able to wait a little bit on that and, and snag them later. I always generate auction values for snake drafts, even if it's a snake draft and I'm not auctioning, uh, just to see the tier values. I will say this year, um, in general, if you have a choice, tilt outfielder as opposed to the middle infield. Shortstop is one of the deepest positions this year. Uh, it, it Long time coming from it uh, where it used to not be. Uh, outfield is a little bit uh, less, a uh, little bit less deep this year. So tilt outfield when possible, and early on in the draft, you want to tilt a little bit more towards batting average and runs, perhaps a little bit more towards steals as well. Um, that is uh, generally the way to uh, to do this. Um, also, you know, be aware that low batting average power hitters are available later on. So again, tilt batting average runs early. I generally do not reach. I don't want a crazy reach on on any player. If the player is so far out of value, I don't. Um, and as far as power goes, it's a shallow league. In a shallow league, you need more power than you think. Um, homers are up in baseball. Don't say, yeah, there's power later. No, no, you need to bulk up on power. Everybody's doing it. One more point about uh, ADP. In the first four to six rounds, I don't look at ADP. I take the guy who I think is the best value to build up my base. Uh, not just value, but in terms of roster construction, um, but I, I ignore ADP. In rounds 7 through, let's say, 20, I don't use ADP as as a be-all, end-all. I just use it to make sure I'm not taking a guy that I like super, super early. If the ADP of a guy is 11th round, I'm not going to take him in the 6th round. I'm going to wait a little bit longer so that I can get somebody else and pick up more value. After round 20, I do whatever the heck I want. I just grab the player I want. Uh, grab upside guys. Um, you know, Don't wait for that. Um, Ray, what is the difference between drafting in shallow versus deeper formats? Yeah, you know, there, are, there are a couple of things to be thinking about there. You, know, you have a couple of them in your sort of uh, thumbnail guide there. Uh, you know, in particular, you know, I think it is a good point that in the shallower leagues, you need to get, uh, you know, your bases of counting stats in general are going to be higher. And that's, you know, that, that can push players values higher or conversely it can work the other way you know in terms of the batting counting stats like you said 
you need to accumulate so much power while you're still chasing speed and batting average and runs that you know you get to the point where in like this 12 team or tonight like any single digit home run hitter that you draft is essentially costing you ground in the home run category, right? Because your average per position is probably higher than that. So even if you take somebody who's going to steal 50 bases and hit 350, you're still relatively speaking, losing ground in terms of power. On the flip side, the home run pitching, and especially with saves, the value of closers actually decreases because, you know, a little bit paradoxically, because you need so many saves to get to, where you want where you want to be in that category, and you know there are you know nominally there are 30 closers available to 12 teams here. Of course, there aren't 30 named closers yet, or we may not want all 30 of them because their skills may be that bad. But as a result, each individual closer is not is moving you percentage wise, not moving you as far toward your category target as they would in a deeper league where you might only need one and a half or two closers to do well in the category. In this league, you need two and a half or three. So the incremental value of each individual closer actually goes down. I don't know if we'll see that in the way this draft plays out tonight, but I am less predisposed to chase saves in a 12-team league than I am in a 15-team league. Right. Ruvain, anything to add about the uh, difference between shallow and deep? Yeah, when you're drafting in a shallow league, you don't have to worry so much about multi-position eligibility because you're going to get guys that fill the positions that shouldn't be a problem. When you're in a deeper league, you have to look for that because you're going to have injuries and the waiver wire is not going to be as thick with players that can fill the, fill the range. Also, what I've noticed in deeper leagues already this year is that a lot of teams are picking, a lot of players are picking second and third and fourth possible save guys in bullpen you're not going to have that you're not going to have you're not going to need that in in a shower league but in deeper leagues you definitely have to do that this year because that just seems like the trend everyone is trying to get saves whenever they can everyone everyone thinks they're smarter than everyone else who they know who's the closer is going to be in in may when we don't even know who the closer is now so you know when it comes to the shower leagues you can actually go a little more stars and scrubs don't have to worry about that as deep but at the same point you have to be aware of the whole nature and, and, and what's going on in the rest of the draft because if someone zigs, you have to, may have to zig with them also. Otherwise, you'll end up with nothing. Yeah, I'll add a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, starting pitching, if you're in a shallower league, there's better starting pitchers available on the waiver wire, so you don't have to overspend for pitchers. I know that people are saying pitchers are getting pushed up in draft. You don't have to enormously push it up in a shallower league because you can stream. You can stream and you can stream. Um, <clears throat> pitchers available in a 15-team league, not as good, but in the 12 you can. So uh, you should also push a little bit higher stars and scrubs if you can. Uh, take one pitcher, wait, 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 and really bulk up the hitting. Hitting and power are really more key to shallow leagues. Pitching, you can play a thinner a thinner uh, base here uh, because of the fact that you can stream. Uh, I will mention that this is a one-catcher league that we're doing, and it's shallow, so there's only going to be 12 catchers taken. That puts the replacement value value much, much higher than in a two-catcher 15-team league where you need to take, somebody's going to grab the 30th best catcher. As such, you do not have to pitch, pick up a catcher. If, you're, if JT Realnuto is available in the fifth, pass. There's no need to take him that early. In fact, you can take a catcher in the very, very last round of the draft, almost as a bench spot, and that's okay. I might be doing that unless there's a really great value that uh, pops up. <laughs> um, and uh, one thing I'd say, all uh, for pitching, tilt a little bit more 
towards ratios than strikeouts. Strikeouts can be more easily fixed uh, on the waiver wire and with streaming and with two-star pitchers. You do not have to grab that. So guys like Kyle Hendricks, Zach Greinke, they're worth a little bit more in this format as you go shallow. Uh, Ray, let's go to uh, some early observations that you've had from 2021 drafts. Yeah, so one strategy that seems to have taken the Twitter sphere by storm that I actually have experimented with a little bit, uh, Brent, Brent and I are writing about it this week over at HQ, is, is the pocket aces strategy where you open your draft with two starting pitchers. Uh, I It's not a strategy I would have even entertained as recently as a couple of years ago, but I think in certain circumstances, it it has some validity and it can be executed successfully. It's not to say it's for everybody. I think there's a certain mindset involved in it, but particularly with the way that uh, starting pitching innings are being flattened this year, or we expect them to be flattened because of the, uh, you know, coming off of the short season and all of the starting pitching workload concerns, the idea of grabbing, you know, two starting pitchers who are going to throw, and it may not even be 400 innings anymore. It may be 190 innings each or something like that, but who might give you 440 Ks and 380 innings is such an interesting start to your draft. And like you were saying, Ariel, that's, you know, there's, there's some stuff that um, gets harder to replace later there, but you're really, you know, the theory being that you're pocketing not just two pitchers, but the value of like, two and a quarter pitchers or two and a third pitchers because of the extra innings you get. Um, you know, th- there were a lot of people gravitating to that in the industry and I'm not hundred sure I'm hundred percent sold on it, but I've taken at least a close enough look at it to think it's interesting. And I, I don't know if you guys have either tried an implementation of that yet. Yeah, I don't fully believe in that. Although I will say, though, that if everybody is pushing up pitching, it means that a higher percentage of their value on their team is pitching. And it's okay to tilt like that also. I mean, in general, in an auction, you want to be uh, pretty much even with the rest of the group. If pitching is 70, if hitting is 70 30, you want to be around there. So if everybody's taking a lot of pitching early and that's a lot of value, that's okay too. I personally don't like the pocket ace strategy, but I do believe that you should have one pitcher in your first three rounds to uh, solidify the whole thing. Um, a couple things that I've noticed about the uh, uh, 2021 drafts is that um, hitters in the first round are really good. Jose Ramirez, Christian Yelich, really, really late in the first round. These are solid first-round players. Really, really, really deep in the first round. Um, I'd say that uh, pitch, relief pitching, closers are going much later than usual. Um, there's usually one closer round, probably around six, seven, or even eight uh, these days. Um, and a lot of people, I've noticed from TGFBI, a lot of people are taking these number two or three relief pitchers on each team. And you're basically intending to drop all these guys the very first week, and you're passing up on some maybe some sure at-bats for some replacement benches uh, or, uh, later. I shouldn't say it's ridiculous because somebody obviously is going to hit on a closer and win his league because of that, but it just seems like a, a, a too much of a, a too much of a waste of draft capital to throw you know four of your bench picks, even though they're bench picks, throw all of them at not even starting pitchers, at, at third-string relievers on, on uh, teams. I, I don't know. Have, have you seen this, Ray? I, 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 any opinion on that? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of aspects to it. It actually doesn't bother me nearly that much. I think, you know, I was actually just talking about this with somebody today. I think there are two aspects to it. One is with a fair number of closer jobs still unsettled here only on March 11th, being, you know, three weeks away, I think I was, what, three weeks away from opening day today. I think there will be some surprises in 
who are opening day closers and doing a little speculation on that. And if you get it wrong, as you said, it's just your first week drop and that's fine is not a terrible use of a bench spot. And I think the second aspect of that that comes into play is the way, particularly with TGFBI or the NFBC formats, the way they work the schedule where you have that three-game, four-day scoring period to start the season, there are going to be a lot of fifth and even fourth starters who you may have drafted a lot earlier who aren't going to pitch that first weekend and loading up on relievers who you can drop into lineup for those first three days before that first drop that you were talking about might get you three innings and, if you're lucky, a straight win or save that before before you drop them, whereas you're, if you activated your number six starter who you drafted in round 19, who might have a two-start week in the first full week of the season because he's at the back of their rotation, but you know he's not going to play in week one. So that, that reliever at least not only gives you the, the lottery ticket it saves, but the three inning, the the, uh, the three or four games that you can plug them into the lineup. And the, and they're also they're they're hedging the fact that these that their, their starting pitchers may not go as long this year as other years because of the yeah. shortened season. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of four inning starts that first week. Right? Yeah, I, I shouldn't say ridiculous because obviously, uh, you know, uh, it, it it has been thought out. It just seems like such a large volume of four four bench guys on a second string reliever. All right, anyways, we're going to start the draft now. Um, quickly to set it up, it's a twelve team re- standard five by five, one catcher, twenty two regular spots, one utility, uh, nine pitching slots, six bench. Um, we've got Derek Carty from Rota Grinders. We've got myself and Ruvain helping me here. Scott Pianowski, Nick Mariano, Nando DeFino from The Athletic, Clay Link from RotoWire, Chris Towers, Pierre Camus from Roto Bowler, Howard Bender, Eric Cross, Vlad Sedler, and Ray Murphy picking all the way at pick number 12. We're going to be starting the draft now, and I guess we'll be talking through our picks as we go. Um, so, uh, in terms of, uh, first pick here, well, we have the second pick, Ruvain. Um, my thought is to take Mookie Betts if he falls. Um, I did a, uh, Z-score study, and there's only two players who have Z-scores in every single of the five scoring, car- scoring categories over one, meaning they're, they're one standard deviation above the mean of the player pool, which is fantastic base to have around, and that's Mookie Betts and Fernando Tatis. Betts is a little bit more uh, stable, I think. Um, his ATC interprojectional standard deviations are a little bit lower, and that's what I want in the first round. Plus, again, as I said before, I'm tilting away from the shortstops, a little bit more towards the outfielders if I have a close choice, and they're close. Really, them, Acuna, Soto, there's so many good choices, but I- I'm going to go with Betts if he's available. Your thoughts on that, Ruvain? I completely agree with that. Um, I actually like Betts better than Acuna. Betts has no injury history whatsoever. Acuna really had some issues last year. It was all muscular, um, so it wasn't that big of an issue, but you never know. It may be a thing that maybe year to year, he's still young. Mookie Betts has done this every year. He's still in a great lineup, um, and he's being, he's, he's going to lead off. He's going to score a ton of runs. Um, I, he, I think he's the number one hitter available um, with, uh, you know, I'm I, I, I'm I'm leaning maybe a little toward Juan Soto also because Soto, if you looked at the numbers he put up last year, he didn't play a full year yet he put up a full year's value worth of numbers last year. So um, you know either one of those, but I'm better with bets over over Soto here. Yeah, any answer is really good. You, uh, I know you're not picking one or two here, uh, Ray, but if you were, would you have a preference between the uh, four big studs in the beginning? 
Uh, I, I I agree with you that I, I've been on uh, the Mookie train, and I've I, the couple of times I've had the one and two picks this year, I've taken him. So I uh, I'm on board, even though it's a little controversial. Uh, yeah, it's crazy to say Mookie. You know, Mookie Betts has really been consistent in the in the first one two for a while now. We forget about it, even though we have Soto and and Acuna join the party. But Betts, uh, there was one year a couple years ago. It was was it going to be Betts or Trout? And Betts has been there. It, it's that steady base of everything that you just can't get anywhere else. Uh, is my feeling. Now, one thing um, I would consider in a fifteen team league or deeper picking Degrom if he comes up. I think that uh, pitchers are uh, really the way to do it. Um, but uh, in a 12-team league, as I said, uh, I would go hitter the first round. All right, let's see what Derek Hardy. Derek Hardy picks the Grum. Goes the that, that route. Uh, we're going to go with Betts over here and queue him up, and we're going to draft Mookie Betts. All right, Ray, what are you thinking? As uh, This is a 30-second clock per player. It's going to go really fast. What are you thinking as you get to the end of the round? Yeah, so there's a good list of hitters who I like there, and I'm going to go with one hitter, one pitcher, almost definitely. And I'll be curious to see what kind of what drips through the uh, through the board here. But there's, I'm probably looking for hitters. I'm I'm curious whether Yelich comes all the way down. Jose Ramirez and Freeman are certainly on the list. And for pitchers, it's probably Bauer, Noah, and Giolito that I'm watching for here. I would. You know, out of those six names, I should see probably four of them here. Yeah. First couple picks, DeGrum, Betts. Tatis went third to Scott Pianowski. Ronald Acuna went to Nick Mariano of Rotobuller. Juan Soto goes to Nando DeFino. And Mike Trout goes to Clay Link. We're halfway through the first round already. And we'll be there soon. So you're going to go hitter pitcher at the at the uh, wheel, right? I believe so, yeah. Part of me is tempted to go with two hitters and right. see what pitchers fall down to the 3-4 turn, but I think it's uh, new, kind of what you were saying, a little more conservative to get one pitcher there rather than you'll run the risk of, as you were saying, most people want to get a pitcher in the first three rounds. So if I'm essentially the last one to do that at the 3-4 turn, I may not be thrilled with what, pitch, what pitcher right. is there for me. Tur- Trey Turner, to me, falls a little bit down as well in a 12-team uh, versus 15-team. There is a little bit more sources available late. Uh, are you of the opinion that it's DeGrum, Cole, Bieber in terms of the pitchers in that order? Uh, yes. Okay. DeGrom, Cole, I could throw a blanket over the two of them. Uh, you know, gap down to Bieber, another gap down to Bauer, Noah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a separation between DeGrom and Cole. I, I think DeGrom is uh, definitely a step ahead of Cole. Uh, National League versus American League. So far, we have no DH in the NL, so that, that gives it. All right, it's almost up to you. And the top three pitchers have already gone off the board. Yep. Uh, the next couple picks, Cole, Trey Turner went, Jose Ramirez, Shane Bieber, and Christian Yelich. Two picks now for Ray. Yeah, so Yelich went right before me. He was one guy I was watching for. I mentioned Freeman. The other guy who I still like here is, uh, for my bad, is Trevor Story. And I will take Bauer as the pitcher since All right. he came uh, he came back to me. That's probably a pretty right-on ADP sort of choice. I didn't uh, 
I didn't vary from what the marketplace seems to be doing with that spot. Yeah. Bauer, to me, has one of the better chances of anybody other than the three pitchers that we mentioned to get to 200 innings this year. I mean, he wants to pitch every fourth day. I think the Dodgers, who only really signed him to a two-year contract, he's going to boot after two years at least, um, he, he's going to pitch as much as he can. So uh, the innings are quite important in 2021, so Bauer is good. Uh, game theory for you, uh, Ruvain. Um, Cardi took DeGrom as the first pick. Do we? I think we want to go hitter and pitcher, but not necessarily that order. Does it pay to go hitter first, then pitcher, because he took DeGrom, or, or does it not matter, or what do you think? I, I, th- I think it does matter. I think we should take the hitter first, because he, he's going to take, I think he's going to take another pitcher no matter what. So if I, I think we need a hitter now, because we're ready, uh, another hitter at this point, but I would think we wait for, I mean, sorry, do the pitcher first, because you want to make sure he doesn't double dip and get this, get one of the start, another top starters there, and I think we'll still get a, a, a top hitter in the, in the beginning of the third round. I don't think there's going to be an issue with that. Okay, let's see who falls to us. We're a couple picks away. Freddie Freeman went, Francisco Lindor, who I think is way, way too early in this format. Uh, there's a lot of other people I'd rather have. You Darvish next, Cody Bellinger, at Alberto Mondesi, who that's also for me. I think speed is pushed up way too much in a 12-team league, but that's my opinion. I can't, you, you know, I, I just— I, I just can't believe that Mike Trout is not the number one pick. He's still the MVP of the American League. He's still the probably the best player in baseball. It's just crazy why he's not going number one anymore. Mm. Uh, thought about that. He doesn't steal, though. Um, so in a Roto League, his value is a little bit depressed. Um, all right. We got uh, Walker Bueller, Harper, Nola. We're one pick away. Uh, what do you see on the board, Ruvain? Um, it's, I think it's, we have to take a picture here. I think, um, according to our rankings, we actually would, uh, well, Giolito just went also. So now we have to, I think we have to pick a picture here. Um, I think we go either Kershaw, Scherzer, or Flaherty, your choice. I, I, I'm going to say, let's go with the hitter. Let's go with Machado first. I like okay, Machado we'll go with the here. hitter first. Yeah. I'm going to go with Machado. Ooh, that clock is so, so, so strong. It's uh we got we got we got, yeah, I got Machado. Yeah, because I, I, I think that he's gonna go hitter hitter here. Um you so think game hitter, hitter? Well Yeah. I like Le- Luis Castillo. he went Bichette with the first one. I like Luis Castillo. Uh Scherzer. What, what do you what do you think, Ruve? Um I'm good with any one of those. Any one of those can be an ace on any team, so I have no issue with any of them. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Luis Castillo, I think. Uh I, I like his consistency and I think there's some upside. We're getting him in the third round. Um, and I think it'll be, yeah, he went, look, he went Bichette Springer. I told you on that. Good thing we went for the hitter first. So, uh, we got Castillo. Our team is now Betts Machado, who is also a fantastic base in every category, and Luis Castillo. All right, Ray, uh, what do you think of our picks? I like them. Uh, that's a solid base of hitting you, accumulated with Machado, and Castillo is certainly appropriate there. I think in my own starting pitching rankings, he would have been the best on the board there, so... I like the build so far. Yeah, and speaking of, speaking of builds, I think the oddest one I see so far is uh, Chris Towers, who uh, you know you mentioned Mondesi earlier, but he paired Mondesi with Garrett Cole, which yeah. means he got virtually no power in the first two rounds, which is a tough thing to make up. Yeah, I agree, and that's what we said that earlier. And I am glad that we we took that hitter again. It's it's game theory when it gets down to this. It's game theory. The guy took the pitcher? I'm going hitter because he doesn't need one. Very important to see where you are uh, if you're by the wheel. All right, Ray, uh, take us through your next pick as uh, it's about middle of the round. Uh, DJ LeMay, who Corey Seager, Jack Flaherty are the next three. Yeah, so I'm still about half a round away. So if I'm building a queue here, I need to be working with uh, five or six names. I'm pretty sure these are going to be two bats for me. Uh, I, I want to 
build a uh, pitching staff, of course, like everybody else. But I feel like I could do that a little bit later. So I'm going to be looking to, you know, and it's good that I got a, you know, a true sort of five category foundation with Trevor Story. So I'm not really chasing any particular shortcoming here yet. I'm really just looking to build a build a broad base accounting stats. So you know, there's certainly a lot of four category power guys available, and there there are a few speed source sources laying around too. So we're now two picks away, Scherzer, Abreu, Bogarts, Brandon Woodruff, and let's see, I'm putting Kyle Tucker in my queue because One pick away. Uh, that's a guy I like a lot and haven't seen come back at me much this year. And Not a lot of people did pocket aces. Uh, most people have w- one pitcher um, in the yeah, first. Right. Everybody has a pitcher, by the way. Uh, no, uh, Pierre Camus, no pitcher. Merrifield goes, so I'm going to take Kyle Tucker, and let's see, going for that broad base still. Yeah, let's do, let's do Ozzy Albies. Try to cover up the uh, second base and shortstop positions yeah. with multi-category contributors. So now with a base of Story Tucker and Albies, that's a lot of power speed combination as I. Uh, and, and I've also filled second shortstop in an outfield. So it should give you a lot of flexibility on the next few turns. Yeah, you got a lot of base, broad base. That's what you want to do in, in draft. You don't want to load up on something. If you are going to load up on something, it's power. But uh, definitely, I, I like your start here. And uh, pretty spread out position-wise. An outfielder, um, you got the shortstop, you got the other middle infielder. Uh, and there are corners available later. There's no pressing need to take, uh, to take anyone. Jose Abreu probably taking a little bit too early, I think. Um, just, just, just as it's something I'm noticing, the first three rounds went by. Eleven middle infielders went out, and only seven outfielders. So it just shows that the middle infielders are going a lot quicker, and the outfielders, because they're much more shallower, it's taking a lot more time for them to get off the board, even though there's so many more of them. Sorry, it looks like I need to pick Al- Albies again here. Um, yes, there. Uh, <laughs> we have an issue here where there's a take back here. They are taking back the uh, uh, the uh, Merrifield pick. Uh, he, oh, he, okay. They're going all the way back to before me. Okay, again. so okay. instead of Merrifield, so he wants he wants Glass now. Instead of Merrifield, which would have given him Yelich Freeman, Merrifield, um, Vlad Sedler wanted Glass now. And although this is a mock, it is moderated, so um, we're not screwing people out of <laughs> out of picks here. Very very quick clock here. Thirty seconds goes really fast. And that's the difference between doing it online and doing it in person. In person, you just yell out the name. You don't have to worry about the computer not letting you click. Yeah, that's true, and a little bit more leeway here. Uh, I'm I'm assuming you. Oh, well, you're going to get the same people, right? There you go. Glass now, Tucker, Albies, done. I have repeated my my two picks, and I like them as much as I did the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no issue there. Uh, Rendon goes. That was at the top of my queue. Yeah, that was another one I was certainly <laughs> looking at. Yep. Big base, uh, Rendon, very very low variance player. I mean, uh, he a little bit of a down year last year, but uh, just easy regression brings him back. Luis Robert goes or Robert, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Uh, I don't think he does either. Uh, maybe he does. Uh, Luis <laughs> Luis Robert goes. Elo Jimenez goes. Here come the outfielders. Um, uh, there we go. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, all right. Well, Pierre Camus is going to take a pitcher. He, I think, he only has. Uh, he has no pitchers. Three players and. Probably well, if, my, if I had a guess, I'd say he's taking Snell here. All right, let's see what he does. Ooh. He takes oh, Zach Gallen. Okay. Zach Gallen there. All right, Ruvain, what are your thoughts as we approach our pick for the next one? 
Um, I think we have to go. I think we go hitter, hitter, hitter. I, I don't like the pitchers coming up too much in the next tier. So I think we possibly go hitter, hitter here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't love the pitching here, and I like the ratio guys. We can wait a little bit more. Wait too early for a closer. Uh, let's get some power here. Um, Aaron Judge just went. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, the top outfielder on the board. I like that. Outfielder done. Starling Marte is also available. Get you a little bit of power, but some speed. Pete Alonso's available. In this type of format, I I might enjoy him also. Uh, Ozuna just went, so we're not getting Ozuna. Um, what do you think about Pete Alonso right here? I think it's a, I think it's a good spot for him. I think it's it's sort of close to his ADP also, so I think it's a good spot. All right, so we're up now. It's Alonso or Arenado or Bregman. Uh, go with Alonso, the the easy power guy. Um, I, I maybe go with uh, you know what? Yeah, go with him. You can always get Arenado on the way back. You'll be filled up with power that way. Well, we don't need a third baseman also. We have one in Machado. So let's go Arenado. I'm sorry, let's go uh, Alonzo, that is. And he is ours. Uh, we'll have to pick right away. Uh, Blake, Sn- Blake Snell is actually is, is sitting out there and is interesting. He's uh, the top pitcher, and I like him a lot better than others. I think it's Snell for me if if it doesn't uh, if, it, yes, if, if he doesn't Snell's take available, him, if, if Snell is t- available, you take him. Otherwise, you may even want to go with a middle infield. Maybe something like a Tim Anderson here. For yeah, Tim basis. Anderson's available. I like him. We'll get you the average. Remember, we're talking about average runs, so I, w- I would go with, with him. Kettle Marte off the board for Derek Carty. So Anderson or Snell, which which would you prefer? I'm going to say well, Snell. I would say Snell first, then Anderson if both are available. Yeah, the drop between – there's a lot of shortstops, but the drop between Snell and the next pitcher for me is very large. He's the last one in the tier. So I'm going to go Snell if it's available. Otherwise, we go Anderson. And the winner is? You can have anyone you want. Let's see. Who did he take? He took Josh Hader. He took Hader. All right. Well, yeah, wow. I only have 15 seconds. I, I'm My computer is slow here. Uh, let's go Snell right here. You go Snell. Yes. All right. So now we've got a nice pair. Luis Castillo, Blake Snell. I like that pair. And we have enough power with Alonzo. All right, Ray. Uh, your thoughts on our selections there? Yeah, that's a nice turn. You know, you've so you've got a slightly different build than me going. We've got, uh, you know, you we we've both got one outfielder, but you've got both corners and I've got both middles. So fair to say, you've got quite a bit more power than me. I've probably got a little more speed than you at this point, but there's plenty of time to balance that off. I do think the Castillo Snell start to the rotation is very nice. You know, Snell's right on that line for me of. Guys, I'm not really comfortable with as my SP one, but I'm very comfortable with it as right. as SP two. So putting him behind Castillo, I think, is uh, exactly the right place for him. Right, right, right. Uh, all right, up to you now. Uh, it's getting there. We got to Alex Bregman. Bregman goes. Randy Rosarina goes next, and Gliber Torres. Some guys who are getting pushed up. Um, all right, what are your thoughts as it's coming back to the end of round five for you? Yeah, I was popping a couple of names in my queue here, and it's funny because I've got, even though I was just saying, I've got infielders, you know, I've got second and shortstop covered. I've got a few guys here who I still like. You know, there's Tim Anderson, who you guys mentioned. Uh, there's Kevin Biggio and Brandon Lowe, who both would be a second, second baseman for me, which would be a little bit wonky, but, uh, you know, it briefly makes me think that maybe instead of taking Albies, I should have deferred, but we're still half around away, and i got to see what comes back to me here. Uh, I think it's probably also time to mix in some starting pitching candidates. I've got Kenta Maeda in the queue. Uh, Corbin Burns is in range here. I think Carlos Carrasco could have been in range, but now he's got a bulky yeah. elbow. So so uh, I'm going to back off of him. But th- that's pretty much where the queue stands right now. I've got 
four names in there, and I'm four picks away. So we'll see at, what at this at this point fun. in the draft, at this point in the draft, are you looking for value, or are you just looking at your team and trying to mix and match? I mean, you know, nor, normally I'm just looking for value, and you know, again, given the sort of broad categorical base I built here, I don't need to prioritize anything in particular. Right. So, uh, you know, a second outfielder would probably be the best positional fit at this point, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force that either. There goes my Ida. So for other pitchers, you definitely need power. By the way, I would take a power bat somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I've got those. I, I should be good with stolen bases for a while. So power bats certainly end up yep. being, you know, primarily focused in the corners in the outfield, and I don't really have many of those, so that makes. There sense. goes Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, very late for Tim Anderson. There, by the way, very late. And what do you know? I'm up. I'm gonna take. You wouldn't have taken uh, Tim Anderson anyway, so there you go. <laughs> exactly. I didn't have to worry about that. Right. Let's take Lance Lynn. Yeah, you got innings there. As my pitcher. A lot of innings. innings theme. A lot of innings there. Maybe as good a bet as anybody to lead the American League in innings this year. And even though I've already got a second baseman, I'm going to double down with Brandon Lau because I just really like him. And he also comes with second base outfield eligibility, so I've got some ability to move him around if I need to. He doesn't directly fix the he doesn't directly fix the power that you were talking about, but as you said in your intro, you know, low batting average power is available throughout the draft. Right. So I I'm confident I can find that later. Right. Yeah. Um he qualifies in the outfield because otherwise you would have your whole middle infield taken up, which um, in theory is okay, but it does. If you take up your shortstop, second baseman, and middle infield this early, then if good value comes later, you just can't really get it uh, because they give other priorities. But uh, if if Lau's in the uh, outfield, then you're okay. Um, Liam Hendricks goes. Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez goes. Jose Altuve. Um, as far as utility, by the way, um, there's no problem if anybody has a utility player here. Like you, t- you take the value here. Um, no problem whatsoever. Ryu went a lot of pitchers coming off. That's why I'm glad we took Snell because if we didn't take Snell, the drop would be humongous to the next tier. Um, I, I like this. And the drop between the hitter, Anderson, and whoever is going to be less. So, again, it's the replacement-level drafting style. All right, Ruvain, uh, what are the options as we've got about three picks left to us? I say we go outfielder here with some power possibly, something like maybe – Maybe a, a Michael Conforto or even a Trent Christian because he's stolen bases. But I think on the way back, we should think about getting a closer because a couple closers have been taken off the board already. Yeah, I'm an Edwin Diaz fan, and round seven sounds very decent. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 Grisham will give you the power-speed blend. We went very heavy power with Alonzo. Our team needs a little bit more uh, steals. The ab- batting average, I worry if we do that. You have Alonzo and Grisham to start. But, uh, you know, there's always a trade-off somewhere. Eugenio Suarez goes, Chapman goes. Uh, I think it's Edwin Diaz. And, and uh, Derek Carty took Hater. He's not going to go for Edwin Diaz. So you don't have to worry about that. So if he's not going to go Edwin Diaz, then, then you go with the outfielder now with the Steelers. You'll turn Christian yes. and get Edwin Diaz on the way back. Yes, correct, correct. All right, so one pick to us. I believe we're going to go Trent Grisham here. Could have also go Conforto, but Grisham steals a little bit more. Uh, too, we'll many Mets on a, too many Mets on a team is not a good yeah. thing either. Kyle Hendricks just <laughs> went, so uh, Trent Grisham is up, and Grisham is ours. Um, Edwin Diaz, if available, is. If not, um, I don't really want to push and go to a much less closer. I'll just go Conforto and double up in the outfield because he's the highest value guy. So you know, if you can't get uh, positions, just, just go for value, and Conforto is almost at the top of my list here. Uh as uh, we go in the seventh round, Castellanos. You, you, could, you, could with, uh, you, you could go with Javier Baez if you want, also because that's a middle infield guy. 
Yeah. All right. Well, it went Castiano, Steven Strasburg. So we're going to go Edwin Diaz here. And now we've got our pitching base. We've got our saves base. And we got some steals with Betts and Grisham. We got plenty of power. The only category I worry about is batting average. So maybe tilt more batting average next time around. All right, Ray, uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah. So Diaz, is, I think, is entirely the right time for that. You know, that's uh, what the fourth closer off the board. And, you know, potentially, you know, you know, there's, there's no guarantee you got the fourth best closer. You may have gotten the best closer. Hopefully. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But, uh, you know, there's skill-wise, you know, Diaz, not just the saves total, but the, you know, the likelihood of 100 strikeouts really helps. And, you know, in fact, probably does a little bit to mitigate the uh, you know, potential short innings concern with Snell. So you've, uh, you know, with three pitchers on the roster, and you know, even if Snell only strikes out 150, if Diaz strikes out 100, then that yeah. helps that. And and on offense, you know, two two outfielders to go with your two corners now, and you know, like Betts gives you such a good base. You're probably I don't have the math in front of me, but you're probably not that far behind his batting average. And I'm sure you'll find another stolen base guy soon. But that's uh, you know, that's right. an entirely solid foundation. Right. Awesome. All right, you got three picks left to go. Conforto was just taken by Nando. Carlos Carrasco went, and Jose Berrios went. So bit of a Pitcher run with Strasburg, Diaz, Berrios, Carrasco. Uh, what are you thinking as we come to the end for you? Yeah, I'm looking at probably just more bats in my queue right now. Like we said, um, you know, I may have Laos stashed in the outfield. I may have him in middle. We'll see how that plays out. But, you know, I need some power. I need I, – I have room for some outfielders. And luckily that's a nice intersection. I see – in my queue, Eddie Rosario, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, J.D. Martinez, Matt Olson over at first base, Nelson Cruz if I want to fill my util. So, you know, plenty of options there. And, you know, and honestly, the other guy who's still sitting there who I was looking at last time through was Kevin Biggio, who I believe is also eligible at third base. So that's uh, – I could yet fit him in. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to lose four names here. So Yeah, Biggio is available at second, third, and outfield. Very, very good for that. Uh, yeah. So between uh, between Lau and Biggio, I would have a little bit of the uh, team pretzel thing going on. Yeah. But you know, I also do take the point that you made in my last turn that you know a couple of uh, pure power plays would fit here, and that's not really Biggio. If you if you don't pick a closer here, you're going to be waiting quite a while to get a closer. Is that a problem for you? I'm pretty comfortable doing that. I was looking at. Uh, and Rizal Iglesias is possibly the closer I would I would take here, and I've got him in sort of the in case of emergency break glass sort of <laughs> sort of spot in my queue. But um, I, if, if I get two bats I want, I'm probably gonna let that go, and I'll fish in the uh, yeah. in another spot in the closer waters. You're, so let's you're see. Up. I'm up. Um, I'm gonna take Rosario as the pure sort of pure, pure power it. outfielder love it, love there, and. I like Bo. So Cruz went right before me, so I don't have that. I'm going to do. What are, this is round eight. I'm going to do JD Martinez, too. So I just uh, I just solved any concerns about my power, I think, yeah. with a Rosario JD Martinez combo there. Right. Of course, I have no saves now, so I'm probably going to be one of the last people in the All league. All right, but it's a, 12 team, it's a 12 team league. You can go cheap, cheap, cheap in the end. It, uh, you know, as you said before, it's, it's not a big concern. You don't have to push it up that much. Uh, I think you'll be fine, and you might even get a decent one on your way back. You never know. Yep. 
Yeah, all right. I, I like it. I love Eddie Rosario there and J.D. Martinez, very undervalued. Um, do you expect him to rebound uh, to – I'm not going to say to where he was, but do you expect him to rebound to being a productive, you know, fifth, sixth-round type player? Yeah, I really do. Uh, you know, in, in, between some lingering injury concerns and, you know, the fact that he seems like, uh, you know, even he acknowledged that, uh, you know, there was a video thing that – he was annoyed about being able to not being able to watch video in the clubhouse last year, but also, you know, I think he commented that, you know, there might've been a preparedness issue with him coming back for the short season after the shutdown. So, you know, he's not so old and, you know, there are not any, you know, he's got some dings around him, but not any chronic physical problems that I'm worried about right. uh, that Boston lineup should still be decent, if not great. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. Right. Well, my, my cue just got decimated here. Um, yeah, with uh, <laughs> Guriel, Teoscar Hernandez, Matt Olson, Javier Baez, Iglesias, that just decimated my cue here. Um, and and should be. We have got a lot of experts, a lot of really sharp minds here. Um, I'm looking at, we're two picks away, I'm looking at Fran Mil Reyes in the eighth round, who I think is undervalued, and Dansby Swanson. I, I happen to know Derek Hardy loves Dansby Swanson, so if I want to go those two, I'm going to go Swanson first because uh, I might lose him to Cardi there. What about um, what about Kevin Biggio? He's been mentioned a lot by Ray. Would you take him here also? Oh, Biggio's still available. That sounds he's like a great yeah. that sounds like a great spot for him. Uh, multi eligible. Oh, he's got sniped. Oh, he got sniped. <laughs> oh, Scott Pianowski go. does that. All right, uh, let's go. Dansby Swanson, and then hopefully Franmil will come around. Thoughts on that, Ruvain? Yep. Yeah, he should because Franmil's ADP is later, so you probably get him. Yep. All right, so we're going to go Dansby Swanson. Cardi's probably going to give us a, uh, a nasty message in the chat here, um, but I'll have to go. <laughs> but, yeah, Kevin Biggio, good, good call on that. That would have been the right pick. <laughs> All right, let's see what we have here. Um, Cardi will go with um, Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon. So he would have taken Swanson. He definitely would have taken Swanson. He was going shortstop either way. Um, and he went Joe Musgrove. Fran Reyes, the hitter. A lot of power. You know what? I don't think he's got a bad batting average. I mean, uh, he batted two. Do you think? Do you think we can wait on him? Do you think we can wait on him and get a no. batting average guy and get Not like gonna... a Jeff McNeil? Uh, Ray, what do you think? <laughs> you might be able to wait on. You might be able to wait I on. Think we can wait on. Right. It's tough from this far in the middle, but all right, we'll go. We'll go, Jeff McNeil. There we go. All right. If he goes though, then I'm gonna be upset. No. <laughs> no, he he will come back around. All right, I'll, but uh, I'll, you know I'll, what? I'll what you. what did we need? We needed. We batting had the average. batting average. We had the power. So even though I, I like Franmil as a little bit better value than McNeil, um, we needed the we we just simply needed the um, the batting average there. And McNeil, we can slot in either at second or outfield. Uh, I will probably use him in second base. I think it just. I'm not sure if we can move it. I think it just does it automatically. I think it does it yeah. for you. Yeah. In some software, you do in the app basically you can choose where. Uh, depends on that. All right, you got uh, Matt Chapman taking Kenley Jansen. So uh, Ray, what do you need? You need you need a closer if they're available. Um, you, we're running thin on them. Iglesias taken, Kenley Jansen taken. Are there any other closers that interest you that you would take in round nine, ten? Yeah. So the next tier is probably it looks like it, for me it's Karinchak, Ryan Presley, and Kirby Yates. You know, Yates has the Concerned about the elbow. Presley's not the most durable guy either. And Karinchak is sort of the same guy as Edward Diaz, practically without, with the big difference being that they actually haven't, you know, named him the closer, which is, which is an important detail for sure. Ryan Presley. But I'm pretty Ryan Presley interests you? 
Yeah, he was. He's on the list too. Okay. I, you know, he's got some dur- some durability concerns like Yates, but he was he was healthy last year in the short season. There goes Trevor Rosenthal and Jansen ahead of me. Right. So clearly, there's some disagreement about who the next tier of closers are or what order they go in. Which would you touch? Craig That's why we play these games. Would you touch Craig nah, Kimbrell? I am nowhere near Kimbrell this year. At least not here. Maybe you know three rounds from now. Right, right, right. Okay. Got a little uh, pitcher it, run here. Yeah. Do they pay to get a hitter and a pitcher, or are you going to go straight pitching? I was thinking straight pitching here. There goes Yates. I've got uh, I've got Max Fried and Zach Wheeler in my queue, and Fried yeah. I think just went because he disappeared out of my queue. You might queue. you might be able to go closer starter here because uh, you know get one of yeah, those. Yeah, that guys. might be the way to go, Correa. Yeah, you'll get one of your closers. Why did I was Why did Fried fall out of my queue? I didn't. Fried. Um, don't know. Well, I, he's in my queue. Oh, no. Oh, oh it, it flashed. It was Yates that came out of my okay. queue. Okay. Jesus Lazardo went, so you're going to have your choice of so guys. me. Yep. So I'm going to take Karinczak for the closer. Yeah. And Freed for the starter. Right, right. So a pitcher, pitcher turn. Yep, yep. No, I like that. Uh, yeah, you know, you've built up some hitting there, and now you got a little good pitching. You've got Bauer, Lynn, Freed, and you got your set closer. So you're set here. Um, and then you're pretty distributed uh, position-wise, actually, very well. You just need some corners, and there's a lot of good corners later. So I, I like the I like the order. If you corners, you can wait a little bit this year. Um, all right, Ian Anderson went. So there's a nice big pitching run. All right, Ruvain, what are we uh, what are we looking at as we're getting close? Fran Reyes, if he's there, obviously. I, I say there's a sleeper pitcher that hasn't been taken yet, and that's the Nelson Lamette, and I really like that at this pick. And Ooh. then after that, you can take your Fran Reyes. Ooh, Lamette. Okay, yeah. We bought, uh, actually in the league with uh, with you, Ray, we bought Denelson Lamette there. Um, a little bit expensive. But... Yeah, talk about, this, talk about it some more, Ruben. You're the only, uh, you might be the only injury analyst I've heard who actually has some confidence in Lamette this year. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see any issues. I mean, he didn't he didn't need quote-unquote surgery. He had a PRP injection, which supposedly helped him, and he feels better. But that's not to say that after 50 innings, he's going to break down again. So it's a matter of him building up his strength, and they're going to you know play him with kick gloves, make sure that he doesn't hurt himself again. But I, I think that they have, they're deep enough in starting pitching. They can call up one of their young guys, and they can give Lamette a rest if they need to. So all you need really is to get like 140 innings out of Lamette to get the value anyway. And you're getting him at a discount here for sure. Yes. I mean, the, the talent, the, the talent is round five. Tar- talent, we're in round ten, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, in in a shallower league, you can take a little bit more of those gambles. Sure. Um, you know, sure. because the, the replacement level is much higher, so it might be the right spot. Um, and you would go with him first, Ruvain? And uh, yes, you, you go with him first. You go with him first. All right. Ryan Presley was just taken. He was the top of my queue. I would have maybe thought about him. All right. Uh, I guess. Um, I. Guess we can go with Lamette. You want to try it now? Yes, I go with Lamette here. All right, Denelson Lamette will be on our team. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna grab Fran Reyes if uh, if he's available, and he might be. I think people are sleeping a little bit on Fran Mill. Let's see if Derek Cardi is. Um, what do you think Cardi's taking here? He took Salvador Perez, the catcher. Interesting. Gary Sanchez, by the way, was was just taken by Nando Defino. All right, Mustakas is grabbed. Fran Reyes is ours. That was really smart to take McNeil instead of Fran And again, folks, this is why you want to look at ADP, not as a be-all, end-all, but because his ADP was a lot lower, we were able to grab Fran two rounds later and get another guy who would not have been available later. So that's how you use ADP, not who you should pick, but a little bit of a clue as to when. All right, so we got now Fran Mill. We have a nice base. Fran Reyes, Pete Alonso, 
Betts, Machado. I like our power base, and Framel's not an average drain by any means. He's a he's an Adam Dunn in a good year type guy, as opposed to like Joey Gallo, who's an Adam Dunn in a bad year type guy. Uh, Charlie Morton just went. Ray, thoughts on Charlie Morton for this year? I mean, that's a pretty good spot for him moving from Tampa to Atlanta. I like him. I'm a little worried. I get worried about the the Braves aren't talked about as much as. The Dodgers and the Rays and the Yankees for how they might manage pitching for the playoffs, but I'm a little worried that if the Braves take control of the East and they've got a little more pressure than uh, like the Dodgers do, but that, that Morton might be sort of somebody who gets uh, gets preserved to have some bullets left for October. But otherwise, uh, you know, I, I I fully believe in the skills and the stability he gives. Yeah, 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 no, no doubt. All right, coming up to you in a couple of picks. Well, uh, I think you got to go with some hitters now. You just had a good pitcher run. I think you're set for a little while. So, who, who, what hitters are you going to take? Yeah, like you said, there are some corners available here, which is good because I need them. This is always a checkpoint for me. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of hard and fast rules in my drafts, like we were saying earlier. But one checkpoint that I always like is in round twelve. I like to be eight hitters, three pitcher, three starters, and a closer. So I'm at six three one right now. So this is going to be yeah. this is going to be two hitters to get me back to to that spot. And so I'm up, and I've got three first basemen in my queue. I think the one I want the most is Dom Smith, uh, which is actually another piece of first base outfield eligibility. And then on the third base queue, let's try. Uh, Brian Hayes is near the top of the queue and a guy I really like. You weren't so. you weren't interested in Paul Goldschmidt there? He's gone. Oh, he's gone already? That's why he wasn't in- interested. He was <laughs> round seven, he was gone. <laughs> ah. um, that would have been a fantastic pickup. <laughs> yes, it would. Uh, uh, two, two questions. Are you at all worried about Dom Smith with the playing time because of no LDH? I mean, he's going to lose some at-bats late in games for defensive, defensive purposes, I'm sure. I'm also only about... I don't know, pick a number, 85% convinced there's going to be no DH. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at a, uh, you know, day before opening day kind of reprieve on that. Uh, but, yeah, it probably hurts Smith a little bit in terms of his, uh, you know, at-bats, you know, leaving games. If you do the math on that, let's see if the Mets are going to win 90 games or have 90 leads after six and they, you know, take him out, you know, probably – in a third of those games, he will have just gotten it at a bat, so maybe he wouldn't have hit in the bottom of the ninth. You know, it's probably back in the envelope, 40 at bats he's missing. Yeah. Well, my cue is decimated. Verdugo, Colome, Loriano, Josh Bell, Gallo. A lot of my guys are taken here. Um, I have Will Smith, the catcher. I know I don't like taking catchers early, but uh, relative to where the other guys are going, I think Will Smith, a very good power play, a little bit worried about the at-bats. Uh, he, I think he gets hurt more than anybody else, by the way, because of no NLDH, because his off days, which are going to be extensive, I think he's only going to play half the time, uh, he's going to lose. Uh, Ruben, what do you got? Is Will Smith a good play here? I also am looking at Anthony Santander. Yeah, I know you can go with Will Smith because after him and Desmondi Grandal is like a big drop-off, I think, for a catcher, so yeah. this, is, this is not a bad right. play here. Well, uh, Cardi already picked a catcher, so we don't have to pick Will Smith. We'll get him on the way back. Santander, is that's what I'm looking at for outfield. Interest you? Uh, yeah, either Santander or it's Tommy Pham, because Tommy Pham can steal some bases also. All right. I like Santander better. Um, I, I mean, he got a knife. He literally was stabbed, Tommy Pham, and he says he's 80%. Ugh. 
Uh, but we'll take Will Smith, and I, I guarantee you Cardi is not taking double catcher. So we're going to have a really nice catcher, I think a nice discount compared to the rest here. Okay. Moustakis went. Yeah. Another thing, because we have steals early, we don't have to reach for steals either, which is a big thing. Yep. And Smith will get us a lot of power at catcher here. Um, all right, let's go with uh, Will Smith. Uh, Pablo Lopez was taken, and there we go. We're going to have to take some pitching on the way back because we've just had Reyes and Tondra Smith. So a nice base of power. Average is still on the lowish side. That's the only thing I worry about. Eh, you know, anytime you do a draft, there's always going to be one category that's not great. But I'd rather pound power, if any, because that's what's going to play. Uh, but we do need pitching, so let's think of pitchers along the way. Um, all right, who are you looking at, Ray? I got Kyle Lewis, Ryan Mountcastle taken. Not a lot of pitchers taken. You're pre you're even as to what you think, so you can go either way. I think. Yeah, and I'm not. I, I, I this is one spot where I don't have a preconceived notion about what I'm going to do. I could do. I, I think I know I'm going to do one pitcher. I might do two. Uh, there are some second closers I'm watching here. There's a couple of starters I like, especially a couple of the Marlins kids. Uh, Pablo Lopez and Sandy Alcantara are two of my favorites. Uh, if it's closer, there's Nick Anderson. There's Will, the other Will Smith uh, from the Braves, uh, Rafael Montero in Seattle. You guys talked about Tommy Pham. That's a, that's a possible play here. Will Myers, too. Uh, Ian Happ. You know, so I've got a pretty big queue. We're going to see what happens in these four picks here. I think it'll be one pitcher for sure. Well, Pablo Lopez is ready off the board, so that's one off already. And there goes, oh, and there goes Sandy Alcantara, so that's two. Uh, so much for my excitement about the Marlins. Yeah. yeah. Yep, All right, so I'm probably – I've got three starters already, so I'm probably going to let this starter go. Maybe I'll get the second closer here and throw a bat in with it. There goes Will Myers. So what were you saying about Q's getting decimated? This is, <laughs> this is the downside of building a Q too early. Uh, you know, you guys go off and do your picks, and I click on ten names, and then magically eight or nine of them are gone by the time it's actually my pick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, Dylan Carlson went. Eric Hosmer, he he was interesting at this point uh, for wow, run production. Is this, early for Marco, is this early for Marco Gonzalez? No. Uh, he goes deep into games, gets you wins. Trey Mancini off the board. I wish him the best this year. Um, all right, it'll be up to you in just a couple of seconds. And you're off. Yeah, a lot of choices. Uh, Rafael Montara went. Yeah, so that was one of the closers I was talking about. I'm going to take Tommy Pham. You guys talked about him. You know, he's a average, a bit of a more average in steals play, but I sort of addressed the pure power. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw him in for a more well-rounded mix. And let's see. I'm going to try the other Will Smith as my second closer. So there we'll do Pham and Smith here. There you go. Uh, well, you know, I was hoping Will Smith came to me because uh, we have Will Smith, the batter. And then we would have had Will Smith, the uh, the pitcher. I believe Ron Chandler took both of them in, in our labor league, by the way. I did. He, I ended yeah. up by uh, my TGFBI. I got both of them. In fact, I did them on the same turn. So it was a, <laughs> uh, it was a, Smith, a, a Will Smith, Will Smith turn just to, uh, to corner the market on Will Smith. I have yeah. them both in TGFBI also somehow. I got them both also. Ruben, any closers to look out for to snag here? Or, or uh, what, what are the starters we're looking at? Um, I think starters, um, Julio Urias is out there. Now, he's not necessarily going to be guaranteed a start starting spot, but I think he's a guy that puts up big, big numbers. And I think, is Zach Wheeler still available? No. He's Wheeler. off the no, he's Round 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's gone already. Okay. See, I'm still doing paper and pen. Just because everyone's using a computer, I still use the paper and pen, so I may fall behind a little bit with this, with this kind of stuff. But pitchers, okay. um, Corey Kluber. 
Corey Kluber is very interesting, and I think he's a guy you can get. Would you rather him or Urquidy? I like Kluber better. Urquidy hasn't really pitched that many innings in his career. I know Kluber's coming off of an injury, um, but he seems healthy, and he's on the Yankees, so he'll get you a lot of wins. All right. Well, we can go both of them, maybe. Um, we'll see about that. Uh, all right. We'll we'll take your Corey Kluber, and we'll uh, we'll try that, and then we'll try to snag that. Uh, any other? Uh, oh well, case? we uh, can't take Corey. Goodbye, goodbye, Kluber. He's done. All right. So we need another player here in our fast. Who, who are you looking at? Any any closers still on the board? Closers. Um, I I mean Devin Williams is not a closer, but his value is up there, and I like that a lot. No. All right. Let's take a look. Uh, it's gonna be Urquidy for us here, because uh, that's who whoever's left in my queue. Um, anybody else on the way back? Got to pick somebody. Soroka, is it too early for him? Um, no. Uh, well, you can go with Frankie Montez. You can go with um, staying out in Oakland there, and he's he's been he's looked good this spring so far. So, there, Arkady just went. We got yeah. Arkady. I got Arkady. Yeah. All right, Montas is interesting. Uh, anyone else? Um, you want to gamble on Zach Eflin again this year? Not not at this point. No. No. Um, Taylor Rogers, Colme uh, went. Nah, he's gonna do Rogers. How about uh, Bassett, Chris Bassett? Any interest? Well, or why not go with a hitter? Why not go with Michael Brantley here? Ah, for the average, that's a good for idea. The average. All right, let's go Brantley then for the batting average, and the outfielder, and that that solidifies our outfield there. Okay. Um. So we got Urquidy Brantley, and uh, then we'll pick up probably another pitcher next time. Okay, Ray, uh, let's see what you got here. Well, you got your closer and a half. What do you think, Will Smith? you think he's going to get the line? Are they going to split it, or are they going to just announce somebody? I th- I'm pretty confident it's going to be Smith. I've collected a lot of him. That's not to say I'm so confident that I'm not going to find a chance to get Chris Martin down in the uh, last couple of rounds here if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah. But I'm fairly confident it's going to be Will Smith. Jared Kellenick just went. Now, with Will Smith, there's a lot of lefties in that bullpen, I believe, in the Atlanta bullpen. Yeah, which actually I think works to his advantage yes. because if there's a need to get a left-handed hitter out in the seventh inning, they've got A.J. Minter to do yeah, that. Yeah, they need a, the Chris Martin, they need a right-handed specialist almost for a seventh, eighth inning. Yeah, exactly. They, when they need a righty in the seventh, they're going to use yeah. Martin – and then there's no one else. That, there's no other writing that turns to in the ninth. Yeah. I totally agree. What, what a great thing, but I believe that actually helps the situation. All right, three picks to you. Uh, Frankie Montas just went to uh, Pierre Camus. Uh, who, do, who are you uh, thinking of? Yeah, I'm looking for at least one starting pitcher here, maybe two. Uh, this is a spot where it turns out I actually kind of like what's available. Uh, one, I'm going to be up next here, uh, and Roder Rodriguez is going to be one of them. He's one guy who I think is almost criminally undervalued Love this it. spring. I know why it happened, where he, where were so many questions about his offseason and coming back from the myocarditis last year. But I have not seen his ADP rising at all, even though he's shown up in camp healthy, and I think yesterday threw four innings and is clearly going to be ready to go. So I'm jumping on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, all right. And for, and for my second one, I was looking at Eflin, who I know Ruben mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Yep. I'm actually going to try, I think, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'll take F1. I was going to say Michael Pineda, too, but uh, I've got those guys very close, so I'll, I'll try F1. Sounds good. What do you make of the Philadelphia closing situation, Archie Bradley versus Hector Neris? I, I think that's a quagmire, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I have enough. You know, it's one of those cases where I'm not even sure. I've collected a fair amount of Neris, but I'm not even sure. 
that I care who gets named the closer because it's it's not one of these cases where I think that whoever gets named is magically just going to hold a job all year. I think they're probably both going to struggle at times and ping pong the job back and forth. And I don't think I want to ride that roller coaster. Right, right. Okay. Um, we, we talked about that on the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Neris has been the guy for, for a while, so it's hard to – it's usually the closer until he isn't. What do you make of the whole Detroit situation? There's, I, I mean, there's any one of four guys could possibly be the one. It's a terrible situation, but do you have a favorite in the Detroit uh, bullpen? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on the Joe, Joe Jimenez bandwagon there. You know, he got deposed from that job really early last summer, but kind of quietly after they relegated him to middle relief, he completely straightened himself out in September. He had like 12 innings of one-run ball with 13 strikeouts, and I don't really like the skills of anybody else in that pen. So I'm sort of figuring that, you know, it may not be right away, but I think Detroit's going to eventually default back to him. Yeah. All right. Up to us. I'm looking at Miguel Sano, Ramiel Tapia, who gives us the average in steals. Randall Grichuk, probably too early for him. Uh, and who knows what they're going to do there. There's uh, David Fletcher, who might also fit our roster, Ruven, And uh, Joaquin Soria, Archie Bradley. Um, we can go with that. Uh any thoughts? I think we need another starter at this point, and we're up on the clock already here. Because uh, Chris, Chris Bassett went, and a lot of the starters went. Uh, there was a closer on before. I think we can go starter closer possibly here. Uh, I think I, I'd rather have the bat. Uh, Tapia, and any interest in him too early? Or Soria? Uh, uh, we closer, don't really, you want to go Soria? Um, Soria? Go, let's go, with, go with the closer. Go with the closer instead. All right, we'll go with Soria. Um, what starting pitcher are you looking, you, you're interested in? Um, Urias, is, I think, is still there. Um, you can go with uh, well, Luis Urias. No, I'm sorry. Uh, um, Julio, no. Julio Urias. No, 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 he's not um, available. Herman Marquez. Ah, uh, yes. You know why I like Herman Marquez? Because he pitches a. Uh, he has one of the highest in- innings per start. And today, you know, you want to get wins. It's just about lasting in the game. Um, love it. Uh, he, I think, he had either the second or third highest number of innings last year. By the way. After Lance Lynn, um, all right, it's up to us. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go, Herman Marquez. Good thought. All right, now we've built up a nice rotation of Castillo, Snell, Lamette, Urquidy, Marquez. Perfectly fine for a twelve-teamer, uh, uh, and we got the closer Soria and Diaz. Richard Rodriguez just went. Um, you prefer Soria or Richard Rodriguez, Ray? I think I prefer Soria. Actually, I I don't see any I I don't see a lot of competition for either guy in any in either bullpen. I think they're both going to be the lead and not get pushed out of the role. But uh, Rodriguez has more trade risk. Right, that is true. In general, is it better to draft uh, a, a certain closer on a bad team or uncertain situation on a good team? Team context doesn't matter that much to me as long as you're below, you're, as long as you're above the minimum floor. I, you know, Pittsburgh might be that bad this year that they're below the minimum floor. Pittsburgh and Baltimore probably are at risk for that. Uh, anybody else, you know, as long as they're going to win 65, 70 games, there should be enough save, save ops to go around. Right. All right. Coming closer to your turn. Oh, TJ Antone taken. Um, quickly, TJ Antone, is he the closer in Cincinnati? I don't think so, although now that Amir Garrett is having arm problems on top of Lucas Sims having arm problems on top of everything else that's going wrong in that bullpen, yeah. it may default to that by the end of the month, the way things are going. Uh, yep, yep. Okay, close to you. 
close to me. Uh, I've got Hassan Kim in my queue as a possible middle infielder, but I've also got I've got to pay attention to the way the roster's laid out here because that's got Brandon Lau in the outfield still. I think I'd rather get an outfielder here, so I'm going to yeah. go look for some power. Uh, did I just I just saw Kyle Schwarber go, who would have been a nice nah. fit. Um, Jesse Winker's a good fit. I'm going to take him okay. as an outfielder. And then I need a corner as I continue to build up the base of offense here. So... Dominic Smith can be used um, in each. You can use him as outfielder. That's right. I can, you're right. So I could take yet another outfielder. Uh, you know what? I'll take Max now. Who do I like at the corner as much as Max Kepler? I got 10 seconds here. Uh, give me – I'll take Miguel Sano. We'll yeah. take a little batting batting average risk for giant power there. I don't think it's a batting average risk. I think we know that he's not going to be a good batting average guy. Yes. You know. <laughs> batting average um, downside, but – I'm not running the actual calculations here, but I suspect yeah. I've got enough foundation to absorb that. Yeah, and the thing is with these low batting average guys like like Gallo, you know, you, they talk about batting average risk. I mean, there's no batting average risk for Joey Gallo. I'm projecting him at a 210 average. Like, what what do you think it's going to go to? If it's going to go to 180, it's not going to play. Uh, it, you know, it's it's it, it's not a risk there. It, if if you're projecting him and you're doing the values and you're pegging in 210. You know that's the value. You're you're lucky if it goes higher, and you'll get actually more value. But if he's a bargain at a two ten average, there's no batting average risk. It's priced in already. Um, well, sure. If you're if you're projecting him at two ten, sure. There's you're you're right. If he goes lower yeah. than that, he won't play. But for instance, my 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 Gala projection is two thirty seven. Oh, okay. Which you know there probably there probably is some downside from that. Uh, okay, yes. But there's also right. upside from there. He could hit anywhere between. You know, a two thirty seven hitter can hit right. anywhere between two ten and two fifty. Right. right. So for you, whatever your value, you're going to value Gallo a lot higher. But then you have batting average risk. I'm valuing Gallo wherever he is. There's no batting average risk. I'm just pricing it in already. You know, it's very very interesting there. Um, okay, Ruvain, your thoughts so far on the draft here? I think it's going the way we would like it. I mean, I don't see I don't see us reaching for anything yet. I think we're we're on par for everything, and I think we're actually going to go hitter hitter here in the next turn. Yeah, Andrew Benintendi available. Max Kepler. So Max Kepler might bat leadoff and might score a lot of runs in the Twins. I kind of like that. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. David Fletcher, good middle infielder, batting average. That's also a decent thing. We've got enough power here. So those are my yeah. options I'm looking at. Ian Happ is also supposed to, I think, bat leadoff in Chicago, and he's also still available. Um. Yeah. Uh, no, he's not. He was taken, I think. I have a J.A. Happ. But, uh, yeah, I think Ian Happ is... Yeah, Happ was in my queue at one point, and he disappeared, so he must be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody batting leadoff is a good bet here. Uh, now, um, it looks like Cardi has more middle infielders, so I can wait on David Fletcher. I think I'm going to go Benintendi first right here. I think at round 18 is a good bet on a new team. What do you think? I think it's I think it's worth a shot in this late. Let's give it a shot. Here we go, Benintendi. All right, and I'm going to pick up David Fletcher on the way back, who... Fits our profile well, and I have him actually valued pretty high, um, decently high here. Uh, again, it's game theory here. I took him because I see that Cardi is filled up. He's got Bichette. He's got Semyon. He's got Segura, Moustakis, who he might even use in that spot. Uh, oh, look at that. Max Kepler taken, so we did have to take an outfielder um, by him. And Jake Odorizzi taken. Interesting there. I'm going to go David Fletcher, and uh, we get some, some batting average now with him. And roster flexibility as well. And roster flexibility. This way we can take – we have McNeil, and we can either take a shortstop or middle infield uh, or a second baseman next time. 
Doesn't matter. Are you? Uh, what do you think of uh, Benintendi Ray uh, this year? Is this is this a good gamble in the 18th round, or he's just uh, you know going to fall off the face of the earth? I don't have a I don't have a strong feel for the degree of the rebound, but you don't need much of a rebound at all in round 18. Right. Uh, you know, this is a guy who you know has returned you know twenty five dollar you know sixth round kind of return before, and you're getting him at a at a massive discount, you know, kind of like the earlier conversation, you know, there's, there's no risk here. The 12 teamer, if he, if he is bad, if he's bad early, you just drop him. but you may get somebody who returns 10 rounds worth of profit for you. Right. Right. Uh, and that fills up that he's our fifth outfielder. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Fran Reyes is our utility. We're just missing a corner, by the way, Ruvain. Uh, we can fill him out up with uh, some cheap spots um, and we'll go there. All right. Coming back to you, Archie Bradley, just taking That's pretty good price for Archie Bradley, by the way, in the 19th round, I think. Yeah, that is, you know, Darius hasn't gone yet. Has you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see if he tries a handcuff here. Uh, not a bad plan. Uh, that would be Clay Link having that. Yeah, at this point, that you know, it's a good, it's a good handcuff because that's a situation that I think whoever is the guy is the guy, as opposed to like Tampa Bay where there's no guy. It's just <laughs> everyone. So everyone's gonna get ten saves. The ball boy's gonna get two saves. You know, that kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's. It's not. They're not going to go through ten guys there. They're going to go. They might go through two or three, but it's not going to right. be ten. Up to you. All right, I'm going to. I'm going to grab for my last outfielder, Mitch Hanniger. Ah, who, nice. I, uh, you know, seems to be healthy, and I think is a, uh, you know, another guy sort of like Ronald Rodriguez, who isn't climbing the ADP as fast as he should. And then let's see. You know, you were talking. Um, I'm going to. You know, you were talking about waiting on catchers. We could wait all night on catchers in this draft, but. I've got sort of a favorite hobby horse this year, so I'm going to grab Mitch Garver here. All right. There we go. I mean, Garver's got to have a, a rebound. I mean, after just a brilliant 2019 last year, he wasn't good. The only thing I worry about Garver is he's not going to get that many at-bats relative to some of the other uh, more higher-up catchers. He's going to have a complete share. Like, he'll be 50-50 at best. Is is Astadio going to catch it all? Uh, he might. I'm, uh, I'm actually not as convinced that, you know, it might be a problem early in the season, but – you know, if there's a logjam there and Garver is hitting, you know, Ryan Jeffers acquitted himself well last year, and he's certainly the catcher of the future there. But, you know, once the minor league season actually starts in May, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they send Jeffers down to get some work and leave the job to, you know, Garver 75% and has to be a 25% for the bulk of the season. Yeah. All right, Ruvain, I think we need a corner and a pitcher. The options for corners are... Eduardo Escobar, Yuli Gurriel might fit our team well. Bobby Dahlbeck, huge power. Heimer Condelari, a little bit deeper. Kyle Seeger with some power. And Rowdy Tellez. I kind of like Rowdy Tellez's upside at this point. What the heck? I actually I have a lot of shares of Bobby Dahlbeck already. His power in spring training, a lot of times it doesn't translate, but he also hit for power at the end of last year. So I'm, I'm kind of high on him. Yes, they're going to bat him pretty low in the order, but you know what? That's less pressure on him. And that lineup's actually going to be pretty good. So I think he's going to get a good shot. And I'm really, I, of, of all the corners you mentioned, I like him the best. I'm a little nervous about Yuli Gurriel. He's getting older. He's not a young guy anymore. That lineup isn't what it was it used to be. So I'm a little concerned about that. Better than Rowdy Tellers? Rowdy Tellers is a matter of playing time. How, you know, how, there's, there's so many outfielders there. There's, there's only one DH spot. So, okay. I, again, it's a matter of playing time. Um, and I think Bobby Dahlbeck will get more playing time and he'll get okay. a bit more stats. All right, we'll go with Dahlbeck. Uh, pitcher... Um, there's uh, James Paxton might be a good upside play here. We could also go with a closer, Matt Barnes or Anthony Bass, who we just had on the show uh, Monday night. 
uh, who uh, I I think he pretty much said that he's I mean he said he's the high leverage guy. Um, he's there to get the best guys out. To me, that translates into a lot of saves. Yeah, I I think you go closer first, if anything, because the closer may be taken. Yeah, we're up to up to us. Do you want to go with Bass or Matt Barnes? I'd I'd uh, I'd say probably go with Bass. Bass. How can we not? We just had him on the show on Monday. It's a mock yeah. draft. You can't pass that up, right? Correct. <laughs> That's the way to pick Ray, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> In a mock for sure. Uh, but no, I, I would go with him anyways. Uh, and uh, we'll do Dahlbeck on the way back. Unless uh, Cardi, no, Cardi went Pomerantz Vado. Uh, Vado is COVID, is the... COVID, but doesn't matter, right? Yeah, no, it it shouldn't matter. Okay, so uh, we're gonna go Dahlbeck. We're in round twenty-one, by the way. Uh, there are twenty-two regular spots, and then there's six bench spots. So we're moving here. Uh, we've been drafting for just under an hour, so probably another ten, fifteen minutes at the most here. Uh, all right, a couple first basemen there. Dahlbeck, Vado. Our offense is done in terms of regular starters. We can then work on bench. We also have one more pitching spot. Our closers are Soria Bass and uh, Edwin Diaz. So we don't need a closer, 12-team. I can always go with a fourth. That's never a bad thing. Maybe the Rockies closer at, in the very end to cement it. You never know. Um, uh, and then just some bench guys. And starters. You need starters. Uh, you, there's never enough starters to go. Uh, all right, Ray. Um, half the round coming up to you. Uh, what do you need? It looks like you need a pitcher. You haven't taken a pitcher in four rounds. Yeah, both of my uh, my last two spots in the starting roster are pitchers, so I'll probably just stay. I don't have have to get them here, but I'll probably just pick off both pitchers yeah. and be done with that. I will. Uh, I, I could share that after uh, at, while you guys were picking there. I got not one but two DMs from uh, Vlad Sedler and Eric Cross, respectively, complaining about the Mitch Hanniger pick. Vlad, in particular, said he let Hanniger go through my turn because he looked at my roster and thought I was full of outfielders, but. Didn't notice the Brandon Lau flexibility, so mm. there's some there's some bitterness in the draft room right now. <laughs> we got a message from Eric Cross says Ariel no. What was that referring to the Dahlbeck pick? I don't even know. Uh, I'm looking at the timestamp and trying to see. Yeah, it must have been. I guess. All right. Cross is picking at the very end of the draft, so uh, uh, close to you. So it's hard to snipe somebody all the way around. But uh, yeah, that's you know, too much of a point. Maybe, maybe. All right, and. I'm not a prospect guy, but uh, all right, we've been recommended him, and you know we needed that spot, uh, and that's fine. Now, Yuli Gurriel, by the way, is still available. We can take him to show up the first base position next. We can do that. Um, all right, uh, up to you and one more pick. Nate Pearson gone. Pearson will, will start the year on the IL, but if there uh, again, he's a guy that if you have an IL, worth a lot more. Um, if you have an NFBC pick, probably she should be available close uh, to the beginning. Of the season. Any any update on on Pearson, Ruben? Uh, he's throwing from 120 feet, but otherwise no update besides that. He's not pitching ready yet. Okay. Well, it's up to you, Ray. Two picks. All right. I just took Taylor Rogers as my third reliever. Maybe have a share of the closer job there and good ratios. And I need another starter. I'm going to go with uh, Brady Singer. Okay. There you go, Rogers and Singer. And uh, through 22 rounds, I have filled all. 22 of my starting spots, so now it's just a question of, looks like we get six bench spots here. Wander Franco just went. What do you, what do you think about get, taking prospects at this at this stage in the draft? I mean, I personally, I don't know if we're going to see Franco before September. I know he's getting taken. I almost, you know, even despite the difference in the cost, I, I almost pay, prefer the pick of Kelnick up in 
round 10 or whatever it was, because I'm pretty confident he's going to be up after a month or whatever, but you might be carrying Franco until September. Maybe I'm just low on him. Yeah. Yeah. The Rays can do anything. I mean, did they took, they they took, uh, um, uh, left the only batter and batted him right-handed in a switch hitting situation. What's his name? Uh, um, Tampa. G-Mon Choi. G-Mon oh, yeah. Choi, yeah. That's right, that's right. They never batted righty before. They started to bat him righty in the situation. Weird. He's, he said he's not going to do that this year, by the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, going to be up to us. I think we should do a corner. we got Eduardo Escobar, Yuli Gurriel, Kyle Seeger. Uh, there's also Alex, Alex Dickerson, and Corey Dickerson is the highest guy on my draft board. I think I would go with Corey Dickerson. A decent average. We could use a little bit shoring up in the outfield. Maybe or- Corey Dickerson is the way to go. Yeah, I think so. Should we go Dickerson, Dickerson, just for the fun of it? Alex Dickerson, um, Corey Dickerson? That would be very weird, but we could do that. Okay. Um, don't need a closer right now. Any pitchers come to mind? Oh, James Paxton's still there. I can't let that slip. I just clicked his star, Ariel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Paxton. And Kyle Seeger just went, so Paxton's the guy to go here. Yeah, and Paxton's sure, the guy. That's, that shores up your, your, your pitching. You're good. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, pick a Dickerson. Uh, Corey Dickerson is uh, more valued for me. Yes, Corey Dickerson okay. bats better in the, has a better spot in the lineup. Also. All right, we'll do that. Peralta, Freddie Peralta, Chris Sale went. We're going to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll get the corner of the way back. One of my corners that I just mentioned will be back. So we'll go outfielder here. So we went starting pitcher, outfielder for our first two reserve rounds. Only f- five rounds to go, so we're, we're moving here. Uh, and we're in this is the a, this is a, Chris Sale was just taken. This is interesting. Who do you think will play in the majors first this year, Wanda Franco or Chris Sale? Ooh. Oh, I'll take Sale on that bet, I think. You think so? He's, he's had no. already one setback. No, I'm going to go Franco on that because of injury. But that's, that's, an, that's an interesting thought right there. Um, I, I heard you talking a little bit about this uh, array at first pitch, but how do you value a guy like Chris Sale? Because all the projection systems, including my own, have him at you know, 80, 90 innings. I don't think he's getting 80, 90 innings this year. Yeah, that's about where we have him, too. And, you know, I, as we t- you know, if you compare him to... Lamed, from the conversation earlier, you know, Lamed gives you immediate value, and if he blows up, you just replace him. But your co- sale is the reverse. It costs you the roster spot until he comes back. You, you sort of have to pay the penalty up front before you get whatever the benefits are. I, I haven't gone there at all yet this year. Yeah, Actually, we talked about that on the panel that you moderated at first pitch, that uh, uh, it, it's one of the front-loaded risk, one's a back-loaded risk, and I think I'd rather have Lamed easily Lamed over Sale, but Sale worries me, especially in in uh, uh, we have limited IL or limited bench. It's just you got to carry the guy all, all year long, and it's very possible he doesn't pitch at all. It's a possibility, a real one. Yeah, you know, it's a good it's a good point. We don't since this is a mock draft, we don't necessarily know what the retain all year rules are. But if there if there was an IL spot, totally different story. Then it's right. just a, a free a free pick and stash until he's available versus. Like the NFBC or TGFBI rule where he right. chews up the reserve spot. It's almost up to you. Um, a quick comment as you're picking. But, you know, there is, are some leagues, I know RTS runs some, that are draft champions where you can't change your roster the entire, like you, you, whatever you put pick in your first 23 guys, that's the roster. There's no subs. There's no bench. That's the roster. In, in that kind of league, Chris Sale is worth zero, I think. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Why would you play with, uh, yeah. you know, I don't care what happens. If you're playing for three or four months with 22 against 23, it's not going right. to go well for you. All right, take us through your last two picks that you just made. Yeah, so I just grabbed Josh Lindblom as another pitcher who I like just to sort of give me, a, you know, I guess that's a seventh starter for the rotation. And Jake Cronenworth just basically for max flexibility. He's got 
first base, second base, shortstop eligibility, and combine that with Wow and uh, Dom Smith, and I think I can cover every position on my team. Right. Um, you're worried at all about Cronworth's playing time? You got Profar, you got Kim, you worried uh, Tatis, you worried about him? Yeah, a little bit, but that's uh, that's why he's still here in round 24, right? Uh, that's true. The cost, the uh, the investment cost here is low, so you'll get a good return. But yeah, I, I think he's being overdrafted this year, especially in deeper leagues where you need the at bats. And uh, no question, he has that power speed combo. But uh, I question the uh, things. All right, Ruvain, uh, who, who are the options to look at here? Here, I think we're looking at getting an outfielder. Um, I'm looking at the outfield, and it's getting getting kind of very. It's getting thin here. So you, I think at this point, you have to look where they're going to be batting. Um, I know it's a little bit lower down, but Brandon Nimmo is set to lead off for that Mets lineup. That's not a bad pick here to get a lot of runs because he gets on base a lot. Yeah, better in an on-base league also. You don't like Alex Dickerson better? Um, Alex Dickerson, that lineup is not as good, and he's so injury-prone. I did pick him in, in the TGFBI, but, you know, he's injury-prone, so. Okay, and also uh, I'd like to get a corner as well. All right, you want to try a Nimmo here? We, we were up to the spot. Yes. Yes. All right, we'll go with your Nimmo, and we'll go with a corner on the way back, and then we'll do his pitching next time. Um, Nimmo we got. Uh, Eduardo Escobar. I like Eduardo Escobar, but him or him or Yuli, you're, you're worried of Yuli, and there's Rowdy Tellez. I, I, like, I like Escobar better. Uh, he's, he, we haven't okay. valued higher, um, yeah. and I think he's going to have a bounce-back season. Yeah, again, this is uh, this is uh, uh, the bench spot here, so I, I'm good with having him as the bench just to get those counting stats, the Runs and RBIs, um, you know, the, the, it's so undervalued, the runs and RBIs there. Uh, Noah Syndergaard taken, so it looks uh, like— un- unless, unless you want to go unless you want to go Paxton here, if he's still available. James Paxton's on our team Oh, right. we, we, he's on our team right, okay, so you can't pick him already. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we can't pick him anymore. He's on our team. You can right. only have one of him. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that uh, to Will Smith. <laughs> uh Jose Ramirez, there's actually another Jose Ramirez in baseball. Or how about Rugnet Odor? Do you know that Rugnet Odor's brother's name is Rugnet Odor? And he's, That's one of the George Foreman kids, right? Yeah, and, and he was also in the Texas Rangers organization at the same time he was in, so it was kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> all right, so the, Matthew Boyd, Noah Syndergaard goes to Derek Carty, uh, and uh, he had Chris Sale also. So Derek, uh, Matthew Cardi has four straight pitchers, Peralta, Sale, Boyd, and Syndergaard. That's yeah. uh, interesting. Cardi tends to go pitcher, pitcher, pitcher very late. He likes doing the fill-in of streaming, which is not a bad idea. And, and we should do we should do a couple more pitchers. I think our bench is filled with Dickerson, Nimmo, Escobar. Um, and we have Fletcher for flexibility. We probably could use another middle infielder, though, uh, just to, to uh, round up the team. Uh, and there we go. Uh, up to you. We got Fairbanks, Andres, Adele, Adovino, Alex Reyes, David Peralta, Kike Hernandez. Coming to you in a pick or so, Ray. Who are you looking at? I'm actually going to uh, take a little bit of the strategy that you were uh, not espousing in the intro here. I'm going to collect a couple of relievers. Not okay. quite pure save speculations, though. Uh, there's a little bit more of a method to my madness. I mentioned earlier when I took. Uh, Will Smith that I wanted the Chris Martin handcuff, so I'm going to grab that. Okay. Just in case I just in case I got the closer yeah. read in Atlanta wrong for yeah. uh, opening yeah. day, even though we went through the logic there. Uh, and the other one I'm going to take is Trevor May, and that's not even so much a saves play as much as a uh, giant right strikeout ratio protection right, right. Uh, guy who I can. Who, you, as we were talking about earlier with 
starting pitchers starting out slow for the first week or even a couple of weeks. I might get more mileage out of him than, uh, you know, some of my back-end starters. Right. Yeah, I guess I was too hard on the people who uh, took those relievers. But Chris Martin is hardly that. I mean, that's the handcuff. Uh, in TGFBI, I, I have Will Smith, and I was just about to take Martin for the handcuff. I was sniped. But, you know, to me, that uh, that guarantees you 100% chances of the saves if they decide to give it to one guy. So that's a— that is a good thing. Uh, are uh, are you worried about Edwin Diaz losing control, not being able to handle New York at all? I, 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 any doubt in your mind? You know, it's funny. I've I've had that conversation because I have Mets fan friends who worry about that a lot. Um, I'm I'm not generally moved by that narrative. I I think he'll be okay. But you know, my more neurotic Mets fan friends who are emotionally invested in this situation are are definitely worried about that. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. By the way. Um, Okay, moving pitchers. Who are we looking at here as our possibles? Interesting. Um, a lot of pitchers are going off the board. Uh, last round, this round has been kind of slow, which has actually been good for us. Um, you mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez. Has he been taken yet? I don't think he has. Yeah, I know who took him. Yeah, this guy did. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so he's gone. Um, what about Christian Javier? I think he's still available, yeah. I think Christian Javier. No, he's Javier. not. Actually. I see him in round 22 right, right, right now. He's not now available. Oh, boy. Okay. Then we're really running low here. Um, any interest in picking Chris Archer? No. Not, not in this 12-team <laughs> league. I did take him in labor. I don't know if you noticed that. Okay. Uh, what, about, I, what, about, what about Taiwan Walker? <laughs> Taiwan Walker's interesting. Uh, I'm going to go Daniel Bard first. I think he's going to be the closer in Colorado. What the hell? Late. Get another and closer? We're, we're, not, sure. we're talking about the number one guy, not the number three guy. So we're going to go Bard for our fourth closer. Uh, Taiwan Walker's interesting. Um, he looked really good so far in – spring training uh, in the first start he had um last year he was phenomenal i think he just gets better this year he's definitely going to get the full rotation and we'll go oh yoli girl just taken aj puck let's go uh, with uh taiwan walker for the for there and one round left for me got you two more picks for you ray we're almost done this is pretty fast today yeah this has been crisp yeah and you know what? In a mock draft, that's what you want. It's just you're just here to see how the flow of things uh, go. And then uh, I guess we'll stay on for another five, ten minutes just to recap our teams and you know to say whether we got our strategies and what we liked, didn't do well, that kind of thing. Uh, as we go there, Rowdy Tellez just went. So bottom, bottom people here. All right, who who you uh, you have a lot of relievers? Sorry, you've got a lot of pitchers on your bench. I think you got four spots pitchers. Sorry, three out of the three out of the guys on your bench are pitchers. Um, what are you looking for here? Yeah, I'm going to grab one more bat uh, just for uh, with a, a little bit of balance on the bench. I like to have a pitcher-heavy bench, but it doesn't need to be five out of six. I think four out of six here will be enough. So I've got Randall Grichuk in the queue. Yep. We just saw Telez go, which tells me it's Randall Grichuk time, too. There you go. Uh, those are the two guys who are sort of fighting for scrap at bats in uh, Toronto. And... Uh, if I'm adding another starter, since my reliever pile is filled, um, I've got, I'm looking at Justice Sheffield right now. We'll see if he falls through. Yep. What's your feel? Do you think Justin Sheffield would be better than um, Justin Dunn this year, or do you think they're comparable? I think they're pretty comparable. I liked a lot of what I saw in Sheffield the second half of last year. Uh, he had a bad outing yesterday, though, but it's, it's a little too, too early to get worried about that. But if I see another bad outing or two, ask me again in a week, and I might change my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, almost up to you. Sam Hilliard went. Logan Gilbert getting to the scraps of the 12-teamer. 
and this is this is going pretty fast. Doing paper and pen, this is paper and and <laughs> and this is very hard to keep up with. Very hard. So it's better to use a computer and or two people. That helps a lot too. Two people definitely helps a lot. Yes. All right, I got my Gritchick and Sheffield, so there I am go. done. There you go. Nice job. All right. One more guy to go. Um, Cole Calhoun is sitting there. Last I was going to say, Cole Calhoun, he's only, I think he's only going to miss like the first two or three weeks of the season. And, and there's really no one who can secure the outfield job there. So I think I like yeah. him. John Birdie qualifies at second and outfield can give you an instant boom in stolen bases. That's interesting for this format you know, as your last pick. Kiner Falefa, maybe. He'll give you middle infield and corner eligibility. Any pitchers of interest before we uh, pick Calhoun? Um, at this point, not really. Um, I've heard a lot of good news and good stuff out of Miami for, for Trevor Rogers, but I think he's more of a waiver guy anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think we'll go there. It's almost up top. Brian Reynolds, Hunter Renfro, Oscar Mercado, Willie Adamas went. Spencer Howard went. Howard, I believe, will not start the year in the rotation. Um, Lucas Sims went. Getting there, getting there. Two more picks to us. This should go really Luke, fast. Lucas Sims is in that battle there for possible closer as well in Cincinnati. Yeah, and Amir Garrett is not 100%, so he might go, as we said earlier today. Jorge Alfaro just went. Some people are picking their catcher last round. Uh, that was the last catcher taken. So good value for Alfaro there because he waited to literally his last pick. That was Nando DeFino who did that. And this is, you know, it, it. This goes very quickly, and you have to stay on your toes. You have to know your guys, otherwise, you're going to miss out on these guys. Yeah, J. A. Happ went. All right, Cole Calhoun is going to be ours. We'll go with him, yes. and that will end our draft. Let's see what Cardi does, and then we'll recap our draft for everybody. Justin Upton, the last guy. Okay. All right, Ray. Why don't you go first? Tell us uh, uh how, how your team is, what you did right, what you did wrong, best pick, worst pick, things like that. Yeah, you know, I've been doing 15-teamers all winter, so this feels really good by comparison, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, bet you, I, bet you, I bet you everybody's draft board would feel pretty good. Uh, you know, but I basically built this the way I like to. I got you know, that broad base of offense early. I, I wasn't you know, ahead of the game on starting pitchers, getting my starting pitch, first starting pitchers in rounds 2, 6, and 10. Uh, Karinczyk is... You know, in round nine for my closer, one is probably as early as I've gone on a closer this year. I just have not been buying the top tier. So, you know, that leaves me with, you know, seven other bats. Uh, you know, I got my eight bats in 12 rounds, which is where I like to be. Uh, you know, the I don't love the end game. You know, Hanniger is a nice little injury outside play. Garver's a rebound candidate, but with, Winker, Sano, Fam, Grichuk. That might be a little more, as a group, conservative than I'd like to be in a 12-teamer. I think in the 12-teamer, you always want to end up taking the bigger swings and just cut the guys if they don't work out. So this this might have been a little uh, – this is pretty well constructed for how I like it, but it might be a little conservative. Okay. But best and worst picks of the lot? I'm going to take Eduardo uh, Rodriguez in – 15 is my best pick, and if I could have one back, I would say it's probably Dom Smith just for the yeah. uh, 
the DH concern we were talking about. Yeah, I was going to say that. That I think it was probably too early. Maybe there's a case for Ozzy Albies that maybe you could have taken a you could because you did get Lau, so maybe the case. yeah, no, that's true. Maybe if I if I knew I was going to have Lau and Biggio yeah. and those kind of guys to look at in six, right. then maybe I do something something different than Albies in four. That's right, fair. and it might come from the fact that you've been doing a lot of fifteen teamers that you know you're more used to that dynamic and. You know, they they go. The second baseman went a little bit later than they usually do, uh, because of of the of the way it is here in in there. Uh, Ruvain, any other thoughts on on Ray's team here? I, I think he did a pretty good job. I, I think he left. Uh, he has a lot of the upside relievers late in the draft, which is which is good. Um, and a lot of them actually have a path to close or to get um good quality innings out of them. So uh, you know. I, I actually like that. And, and the group you mentioned, Winker, Snow, Hanniger, Garver, that, that whole group right there, that's not bad. That is workable. And that's all you want in the 12 team. You want workable because it's shallow, and you can always throw a guy out if you really need to. You're not sold on these guys because, because there's a lot of room on Fab to pick up people. Yeah, I think your best three rounds were 18, 19, 20. Snow, Hanniger, Garver. I think that's a nice, very, very good value play there. Um, all right, on to our team here. Um, Betts, Machado, Castillo. I, I like the start here. I, I like the Betts, Machado, Castillo, Alonzo, and Snell. And I, I like Grisham in that spot. I, I It's funny. I, I, I had no interest in getting Grisham before I started the draft season. And I have him on a couple of teams. Just he's been falling. Uh, and, you know, you have to you have to overpay for stolen bases in many leagues. I found that Grisham is actually available somewhere around where he should go. I'm surprised by him. Um, I like the closer situation we have. Uh, we got Diaz. Soria, Bass, and a late stab at Daniel Bard in a 12-team league for supposed number one closers is a great spot. I wouldn't play Bard the first week, but I'd probably hang on to him. Pitching staff is decent. Um, Lamed is obviously the biggest question mark on our team, uh, but uh, value if he stays. Um, Ruvain, uh, be- best and worst picks you think we made? I think the best pick is in round 15, Michael Brantley. He's like an, um, a batting average stabilizer. You can pick up these low batting average, high home run guys off the waiver wire. And I'm, I don't like where we got um, Joaquin Soria. I think we could have waited, waited another round or two to get him. And even David Fletcher, I think I probably would have taken a starting pitcher there instead because if you look at the two rounds after that, a lot of pitchers went. We probably yeah. could have bulked up. Yeah. And David Fletcher may have fallen a little bit more. That's, that's a good round point. 19. Good point. I like the Paxton pick. Round 22, I mean, this guy has, you know, top 25 stuff. If healthy, we don't know that he's going to be healthy for a whole season. Uh, any any thoughts on our team, Ray? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the Paxton pick. I like the Brantley pick, too. Um, if, if I've got a quibble here, I'm, I, I wonder if he ended up with enough power, just eyeballing it, seeing, you know, McNeil, Brantley, Benintendi, Fletcher. You know, that's four, you know, neutral to minus guys in terms of the power targets in this league. And, you know, you, we, I'm, I'm not, you, you may want to have one less of those guys and one more of the low batting average high power boppers. I'm not sure, but that's probably a pretty easy flip to make on the waiver wire. Yeah, I think we overcorrected. If you remember very early, we were like, well, yeah. where's the batting average? Well, we, we might have overdone the batting average. Um, and and you're you're right. Maybe we. Yeah, you might have had you might have had that problem solved by the time you got McNeil and then Brantley. Yeah. And then you know Fletcher and Benintendi might have been the overcorrection. Yeah. And and of course the the uh, the thing there is that it's more of an unbalanced categorical risk team because now you've got some more batting average only guys, some more power only guys. Uh, you want to be a little bit more well rounded. We have a little bit more categorical categorical risk than I'd like. 
Um, seems like a decent value, but yeah, maybe we overcorrected a little bit. But you know what? If you're going to overcorrect in any category, overcorrecting in batting average is probably the way, way you want to go because on the waiver wire, you're going to get these low batting average, high homer guys. Totally. So, yeah, you'll you'll be able to collect the two, 240, 25 home run guys all season long. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, that's why we, uh, the Bobby Dalbeck pick and the Cole Calhoun at the very end, those guys can hit 25, 30 home runs each easy. And and that's, that's, our, that's power there also. And we got them very late. Yeah. All right. According to Fantasy Pros, Derek Hardy is the best team here. He is actually nice, nicely ahead of us. Um, we are the we are the second best team according to this. Uh, Ray, you finished seventh here. Of course, these these are f- according to Fantasy Pros, uh, and these aren't exactly what's going to happen. That's why you play the whole season. But uh, everyone's pretty much in the same. Or in this case, we don't. So that's the final word. That's true. This is the final word. So that's it. Uh, Cardi wins. Um, Cardi is, by these projections, a step ahead of everybody. Most everybody is close in the pack. Uh, Clay Link and Nanda Defino, very low, according to this. Uh, Very possible because maybe they took some. Uh, some injury guys or some prospects, uh, you know, uh, uh, guys like Jared Kellenick, probably not uh, does not have a lot of projected playing time by projections, but uh, we know he's going to play. So people are going to, in terms of projections, everyone's low on him, so he's going to come up. Um, that's probably something that people should correct right away. If you're if you're using projections or doing your own, uh, you should probably over project some of these guys like uh, Andrew Vaughn, Jared Kellenick. Uh, maybe not maybe not so much the Wander Francos, but uh, those two for sure. But uh, all right. Any final thoughts, Ray, on, on this? Uh, this was fun. Yeah, this was fun. This was a good hour and a half. I appreciate the invite and uh, spending the time breaking it down with you guys. Good luck in all your weeks this year. Thank you. All right, why don't you just uh, tell us where we can uh, read your stuff, re- reach you, uh, learn more about Ray, uh, Ray Murphy. My columns appear in the general manager's office at BaseballHQ.com. Uh, you can find my uh, work in the Baseball Forecaster book as well, and uh, follow me on Twitter at RayHQ. All right, moving you. You can follow me on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I'm tweeting out injury updates daily. Um, and the next guy's up as well, and how long the players will be out. You can also catch my in-season article at Rotoballer, also discussing the same injuries and the next guy's up. All right, and my name's Ariel Cohen. You can read my stuff at Fangraph, CBS Sports Line, and Rotoballer. Um, you can reach me at ATCNY on Twitter, and of course, listen to us every week at the Beat the Shift podcast. Um, we've got a podcast planned for next week. I think we're going to skip a week as it's going to be heavy draft season, but we've, uh, we've doubled up on a bunch of episodes here, including this one-off episode of doing a mock draft. And thank you so much to, uh, Ray Murphy for joining this. This was a nice talk through. Uh, so yeah, hopefully the, the, the listeners here got a feel for how you think, what we think and analyzing certain players as we go. Hope this was helpful. If you did, please give us a comment and, uh, let us know that you enjoyed it. If you didn't let me know also, uh, uh, and but uh, hopefully those who do enjoy it uh, really picked up something uh, from it. Once again, Ariel Cohen and Ruben Guy, and thank you to Ray Murphy for joining. This is the Beat the Shift podcast, and uh, good luck in your good luck in your drafts uh, in 2021. And uh, well, we'll see you here next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangrass. Follow us on Twitter at Beat 
underscore shift underscore pod.